The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Guess what? You're listening to Grinding Gears with Pete and Aaron. Right here on Radio South, the 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Cuppity. Also on the iTunes and Spotify, or you can just stream us on accessmedia.nz. And check out our Facebook page. Just search Grinding Gears.
walk by and said no. You're back on Grinding Gears with Pete. And Aaron. Radio South on 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity. Now let's start with some Bureau BS at the dump. It's not exactly car related, but it is kind of Capity related. And it also shows a sham that it is consultants when, well, our roads are worse than ever. But we actually found a very interesting article about just this. One single consultant on a failed horror affair in a landfill was paid nearly a million bucks. Yeah, District Council ignored its own financial controls to outlay almost, yeah, a million bucks on a single consultant, adding to a mountain of costs over a controversial dump. Uh, so what was meant to be uh, 7500 bucks of consultancy work in 2020, uh, by May 2022, um, had ended up costing Horofenal ratepayers up to $895,000. And that's um, the actual uh, the actual Auditor General found. Yeah. Well, the council paid invoice after invoice from one Morrison Solutions, despite having no plan, no business case, and no written contract. John Ryan said in a letter to the council stating, The spending was within delegated authority and we have not identified a conflict of interest. Yeah, all together, the long tangled process to decide the fate of the dirty uh, Hokkaido. Hokkaido? Hokkaido. Hokkaido. Oh, yeah, well, that place up there, the landfall has cost ratepayers up to uh, $1.6 million and it was not over yet. According to uh, Monique Davidson, who is chief executive since last May, has worked to salvage the fraught and de- uh, divisive situation. Well, Councillor Sam Jennings sparked the Auditor General's investigation, telling RNZ, well, we found the story, it's bittersweet. You don't like to have to complain about your own council. But I don't think ratepayers have got a good value for money because obviously we've spent around $1.6 million on a process that we've had to start over again. Yeah, the dump was meant to earn the council money. But instead, Ms Davidson revealed that the council's solar waste operations were about $8 million in debt, mm. stating uh, part of the reason it exists um, is to yeah, is to make money to offset rates. But we are, we are uh, borrowing money to, to actually fund the activity. And to make things worse, the dump has repeatedly polluted the groundwater and stream that runs uh, through the Hokkaido Beach coastal settlement in breach of its consents. Local opponents who fought uh, to get the council to set up a group which would help them decide its future have been frustrated how slow things have gone. Yeah, to make things worse, the dump itself has been temporarily closed since, uh, yeah, 2021, with the waste both Horofenos and nearby Carpenter's mm-hmm. truck. Yeah, trucked north to a big private landfill up there near Martin. Mmm, I bet they can smell it. Yeah. The Auditor General said the council's procurement processes were start, uh, weak to start with, and were not followed anyway. <laughs> when it first engaged Morrison Solutions for what turned out to be a complex job, reviewing a 2020 report that actually recommended keeping the landfill going. Yeah, the previous Chief Executive told the Auditor General that uh, the reasons he directly engaged Morrison... But uh, these had not been documented. Mm. Bugger. Uh, according to Ryan's letter to the HDC, um, plus any such spending above $30,000 demanded a procurement plan. And, yeah, none of this was done either. And by the end of 2020, already more than $100,000 had been invoiced. But the council's monthly financial reporting did not make this clear. The cost of the work 
on the future of the Levin landfill were not shown separately and it's likely the scale of the overall cost was not evident, according to Ryan. There was no apparent attention paid even to these increasing costs. Yeah, Jennings said it was uh, a bit disappointing uh, the Auditor General did not investigate this further. Overall, the entire landfill process was a sorry saga, ultimately found to be illegal. Uh, there has been a huge wastage of ratepayer money and oh, yeah, on the on the flawed process. Very flawed, yeah. Davidson, in the meantime, got the council to agree to reconsider the landfill's future properly as part of amendments to the long-term plan. She reckons the process before was not good enough, but they had made fundamental changes. Yeah, Horofenua Mayor Brony uh, Wenden uh, said the millions in debt around waste operations had been incurred over many years, and it was not unlikely, or unlike, uh, how they borrowed to, uh, to fund other core operations. It was among the enormous pressures they like other councils faced as they looked at setting a rate rise. Mm, sounds more like incompetence, you know, considering how much rates have already risen. Even here in Southland, it's pretty known the council seemed to squander it on consultants that seem to know even less than they do. The state of the rules is the best example of this, as we've gone in many times. Many of the millions being spent on people that take the money and still make a mess of it. Yeah, with current costs of living crisis and rising rents, interest rates and property taxes, we think Kiwis deserve better. What do you reckon? Mm, well, leave a message on the old Facebook. Yeah, go on. Give it a go. Now, moving on to something more motoring related and, uh, and the fight to keep internal combustion alive. And uh, General Motors is to invest $1.3 billion dollars into V8 manufacturing. Yep, Carmega says the investment will be going towards four US manufacturing sites with an additional 64 mil being put towards casting and components to support electric vehicle production too. Yeah, breaking it down, uh, 579 million will go towards GM's Flint engine operations plant in uh, Michigan where it will assemble the sixth generation V8. Whilst uh, 216 million will go towards its Bay City plant in Michigan, uh, where um, where they produce camshafts, connecting rods, and basically machine the V8s, blocks, and heads. Hopefully, they're still using push rods, but anyway, and its Defiance Operations facility in Ohio, another 48 mil will be put towards building a variety of block castings, and 8 million will also be spent on castings for EVs, so we're putting hybrids behind them at some point. Mm, do we don't know. Finally, in New York, GM will invest $12 million into making intake manifolds and fuel rails for the V8s that will be shipped to its Flint operations plant. Uh, also, there's $56 million which will go towards the production of battery pack cooling lines for the yeah, electric vehicle Maybe. manufacturing. Mm. This investment is said to bolster GM's full-size truck and SUV business while supporting the company's growing EV product portfolio. No details regarding the vehicle being released at this time, but it's likely to feature in future models like the Chevrolet Silverado, Suburban, GMC Yukon, Denali, and Cadillac Escalade. Yeah, uh, Gerald Johnson, General Motors Executive Vice President of Global Manufacturing and Sustainability, yeah, he stated, Today we are announcing significant investments to strengthen our industry's leading lineup of full-size pickups, SUVs, by preparing for U.S. facilities to build U.S. 
GM sixth generation small block V8 engines. New Zealand actually currently gets a Silverado, uh, thanks to General Motors Special Vehicles, GMSV, which used to be HSV, which uh, also means we could see the next generation V8 rumble down our roads, hopefully without causing potholes. Yeah, but if you were into the old Hyundai's or the Kia's, well, insurance companies were refusing to carry some models over thefts, like we talked about before. Mm. Depending on uh, what US city you live in, insurers are fed up and you might have just be out of luck. Well, there and so do we cover the lack of mobilizers in some models a couple of weeks ago. But now in the US, several local news outlets, including old CNN, have reported that state farm insurance and progressive insurance are now refusing to issue new policies on certain Hyundai and Kia models and raising rates for current policyholders that own the two brands. Yeah, the problem is the out-of-control theft rates of the Kia models from 2020, uh, 2011 to 2021 uh, that are... Sta- uh, yeah, actually started with a physical key. Uh, the automakers did not design those vehicles with the engine immobilizers. And after a group of kids in Wisconsin calling themselves the Kia Boys, yeah, with a Z, <laughs> they actually posted a TikTok video showing how easily these particular models could be stolen. Yeah, and Hyundai and Kia theft rates have gone frickin' ballistic over the last two years. Yeah, in response to the surge, uh, State Farm told CNN... This is a serious problem impacting our customers and the entire auto insurance industry. So it has temporarily stopped new business in some states for certain models, years, and trim levels of Hyundai and Kia vehicles. But neither State Forum nor Progressive would specify which cities or regions are off limits to this uh, subset of Hyundai and Kia owners. When the affected model owners apply for online for a quote, basically, they just get an automated message saying, uh, Denying consideration. Uh, to quote some stats, engine immobilizers came standard on 96% of vehicles spanning the 2015 to 2019 model years, but only 26% of Hyundai's and Kia's from that same time. Well, there's a fair difference. Models with push button starts uh, always included immobilizers and aren't part of the theft surge. However, Comments by various owners say they're actually having their rates raised as well, even though the vehicles aren't part of the train. Well, that's insurance companies for you. Uh, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reckons Kia and Hyundai's thefts in the cities have climbed 1,450% in 2022. <laughs> that's a pretty mm, big figure. Nuts. Going from uh, 273 vehicles stolen in 2021 to 3,958. Crikey. The theft rates are even wider in other metro areas. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel said 66% of the 10,476 cars stolen in Milwaukee in 2021 were Hyundai's or Kia's. Milwaukee being out in front may be due to a local connection to the trend, being as it was actually the same state with the TikTok Kia boys first appeared. Yes, as of November 2021, all Hyundai's and Kia models fitted with engine immobilizers. Uh, in response to city and state officials who have brought lawsuits, etc., uh, the companies say the cars were compliant with all federal regulations and didn't actually need the immobilizers. Well, I guess they were wrong, especially if you want to insure the thing. And on that note again, yeah, check with Hyundai, uh, Kia, New Zealand, just in case, especially when it comes to insurance companies. 
Well, time for a song break now, but stick around for Tesla time. I had to escape, the city was ticking and cruel. Maybe I should have called you first, but I was dying to get to you. I was dreaming while I drove the long straight road ahead. Uh huh, yeah. Could taste your sweet kisses, your arms open wide. This fever for you was just burning me up inside. I drove all night to get to you. Is that all right? I drove all night, crept in your room, woke you from your sleep to make love to you. Is that all right? I drove all night. What in this world keeps us from falling apart? Grinding Gears, we are Pete and Aaron, bringing you the car news and reviews every week from Radio South on 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity. Tesla time again, and this week it turns out they are so expensive to repair, insurers are actually writing Teslas off. 
But Musk reckons they're actually trying to make the cars cheaper to fix. <laughs> yes, well, Tesla electric vehicles are notoriously expensive to repair. So much so that the automaker and insurers are addressing the issue in sharply different ways. Elon says Tesla is making design and software changes to its vehicles to lower repair costs and insurance premiums. Insurance carriers, meanwhile, are writing off all mileage Tesla Model Ys that have been in crashes and sending them to salvage auctions after deeming they were just too expensive to repair. Yeah, during Tesla's fourth quarter earnings call last Wednesday, Musk said premiums from third-party insurance companies in some cases were unreasonably high and that the EV maker's insurance arm was putting pressure on those carriers by offering lower rates to Tesla owners. Mm-hmm. Musk also said we want to minimise the cost of repairing a Tesla if it's in a collision, which, yeah, citing these changes to vehicle design as software. He reckons it's remarkable how small changes in the design of the bumper, say, or in providing spare parts needed, which it should be anyway, for collision repair have an enormous effect on the repair cost. And of course, Tesla did not respond to a request for further comment. But, uh, yeah, as per usual, I'd say. Uh, but so far, Tesla's reputation for expensive vehicle repairs does not seem to have dampened demand, which must say is running well ahead of the company's ability to produce. But the data on low uh, crashed low mileage Teslas showing up at auction presents a slightly different and kind of previously unreported picture, according to a Reuters analysis. More than 120 Model Ys that were totaled after collisions, then listed in auction in December and early January, the vast majority have fewer than 10,000 miles in the odometer, according to the online uh, data from Copart and the IAA, the two largest salvage auction houses in the United States. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, wow. And the retail prices of those cars range from around about 60,000 to 80,000. Uh, Copart and the IAA auction listings note whether the vehicles were involved involved in a front, rear or uh, side collisions and they typically include after-crash photos of each vehicle. Uh, yeah, but the listings do not actually disclose specific details on the type of damage suffered. Being a Tesla, you might not even know. Insurance companies typically total a vehicle, that is, choose to scrap it and just reimburse the owner, when the estimated cost of the repair is deemed too high. Copart listings in some cases included the names of the insurance companies who had bought it eh, back the crash vehicles and then listed them at auctions. Uh, those companies include State Farm, Geco, Progressive and Farmers. These uh, insurance companies contacted by Reuters either declined to comment or did not bother responding. Uh, but as you remember, Tesla launched its own insurance company in August 2019, and they were promising rates of up to 30% lower than competitors. Mm-hmm. Well, during last Wednesday's earnings call, Chief Financial Officer Zachary Kirkhorn <laughs> said Tesla insurance at year-end was generating premiums at an annual rate of $300 million and growing at a quarterly clip of 20%. That's actually faster than the growth in their vehicle business. Yeah, all the Model Ys in the Reuters analysis were 2022 or 2023 models, and of the 15 long-range vehicles built in Austin from June through to November, then sent to auction after being totaled in crashes. Uh, all but one had fewer than 10,000 miles on the odometer. Mm, even Austin-built uh, 2022 Model Y long-range involved in a front collision, 
Uh, listed by the IEA in early January, had a retail price of 61388 bucks, but the estimated repair cost of 50388 bucks. Yeah, representatives of COPA and the IAA were not immediately available for comment, but it uh, shows the value of the things. Mm. Mainly the motors and the batteries, uh, as they can be transplanted into yeah, many other electric vehicle conversions. Yeah, that's if you can afford them. You can see one going into a 350Z in the throttle channel on a YouTube. Be a cheaper way of getting a new battery, wouldn't it? Definitely. But once more, it's time where, yeah, we got to go. So, till next week, don't be a dick. Make it quick. <laughs> The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz.